Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the podcast and you're probably sick of hearing about coronavirus by now, but what's happened over the past couple of weeks is I've been approached by a lot of my friends, a lot of family members who are quite concerned and what this has done is is it has forced me to rethink this podcast. Now, for those of you that have subscribed, thank you so much. For those of you that will listen to this at some point in the future, you might not be aware, but I've somewhat neglected this podcast in recent years and I've from time to time uploaded sporadic interviews or seminars that I'm part of, but here's my commitment and here's the wake-up call that I think I've received over the past few weeks. This is a great opportunity to share ideas and the commitment that I want to make to you all is that from this episode onwards, we're going to publish a quick weekly overview of the things I've learned, of the things that I want to share with you. Now, not all of them will be relevant, not all of them will be interesting to you, but I think on balance, by sharing these things, by sharing a lot of the interesting thoughts and ideas and concepts that I'm coming across, I'll be able to give you a different perspective to what's out there in the mainstream media. This week, uh, on one of the evenings, I was driving back after picking up some food for the family and I was by myself in the car. And I decided to switch on the radio and listen to a popular finance and business talk show. And there was just so much negativity. And it's not that I'm naive. It's just that I think, and I'll explain to you where, where I'm going with this, but at some point we're going to work through this. And all the content, 99% of the content was just negativity, how bad it is, how disastrous it is. And there was nothing on that program to help small business owners, to help employees that have lost their jobs, to help every single person that's sitting there and saying, okay, we are in this, we are in this mess and we are working through this pandemic, but what do I do? What can I do today that's going to make me better off in six months, a year, five years, and 10 years from now? And the commitment I'm making to you is that in these podcasts, I'm going to give you the practical takeouts that you can use to implement and improve your situation. So let's go to a quick break and we'll be back with one of the first talking points I want to talk about. Okay, so this is a global pandemic and this is having a serious uh, impact to the financial system. So what governments around the world have learned from SARS from a health perspective is that you need to contain it and you need to flatten the curve. That's nothing really new. You've probably heard it in the media, read a million articles about it. So I think the first point is to acknowledge that this is going to have a serious health impact Businesses are being shut down, but it's being done intentionally. So the difference between this downturn and say 2008 is that this time it's imposed by the government because we have a health issue. 2008 was a big downturn. We saw the US market basically crash and collapse. It was the biggest stock market downturn and the biggest recession since 
the Great Depression, which was um, you know between 1928 and 1930. And in 2008, the reason the market came back was because the housing market in the US had problems. There were debt problems. There were financial problems in the system. A big bank called Lehman Brothers collapsed. This time, 2020, we were actually going great. Australia just reported some excellent growth. The US economy had been going absolutely gangbusters in 2019. But because of the health pandemic, because of this health issue, governments have had to basically shut down the economy in order to stop um, people dying. And so it's very important to understand that when we're going through this, you know, we've been through a huge shock in the past four to six weeks. And many people I speak to are like, wow, how did this even happen? You know, this is this is just unraveled so quick. I want you to remember that this is been intentionally done this this shutdown is not an accident sure the virus is not intentional and the health consequences aren't intentional but the slowdown has been due to governments governments have been forcing everything to switch off and people to step back and so that's important because governments will also play an important part in the recovery to the switch back on and so while we should never lose sight of the people that are losing their jobs, the businesses that are struggling with no customers and the horrible, horrible things that happen during this period of time, I believe and it is of my view that we, can, we should focus on what comes next because we are already in the shits. We are already in a shitstorm. We are already experiencing the bad part and it could get worse. But hey, it's pretty bad at the moment. And so what has helped me through my career and a lot of the smart people that I'm talking to is that they are not dismissing what's happening. They may have been maybe a month or two ago, but they've admitted, hey, we got it wrong. This is serious. This is bad. We know it's bad. But they're focusing on the future and they're focusing on the next six months, the next 12 months and what this means for them in the, in the next three to five years from a business perspective from a career perspective, from an investment perspective, from a leadership perspective, from each and every single perspective, I believe it's important to think about the recovery. And so let's go to a short break. I'll give you a couple of minutes to recalibrate those thoughts. And I'm going to come back and explain to you how long I think the actual financial impact will take and when I think the recovery is coming. Stay tuned. So I recently came across a great chart from Goldman Sachs. Now, Goldman Sachs, for those of you that don't know, uh, are a large US investment bank. They publish research. It's not always the best, but on average, their economic research is pretty good. And Goldman Sachs put out a chart in the past couple of days that they acknowledged that the size of the US economy will go back or contract by about 20% in the second quarter of this year. And so between March and June, we are likely to see the full impact. And we're seeing it now. And 20% is a very, very big decline. You know, we haven't seen that, that extent uh, about 3 million U.S. people have lost their jobs in the first 
um, few weeks of this in the first month. However, Goldman Sachs expect that in the third quarter, so from July to September, things will actually come back roaring. They expect growth of about 10 to 15% for the third quarter. And now this is very important because they could get it wrong. It could not be in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, but they expect their recovery to be huge. The bounce back will be very, very large. And so if you're sitting there saying, thinking to yourself, is this a one-week thing, a one-month thing, a one-year thing, or a 10-year thing, I think it's important to use Goldman's analysis uh, as a yardstick. And I think it's important to start thinking in these time frames now. Because as human beings, one of the things that we hate the most is not knowing, the fear of uncertainty. You know, I recently came across a, a great video. Uh, I was watching one of the FBI's chief negotiators. Uh, I think his name is Chris Voss. And he was talking about the tactics they used in negotiation. And and one of the points that came out to me uh, was he was talking about how in the FBI, when they would train their negotiators, um, they would actually wake them up and they would take them for a run. But they wouldn't tell them how long the run would be. And so what they were trying to do is instill... Um, you know, that sense of uncertainty and unknown in these negotiators' minds. And he said that eventually they all figured it out that the run would be, you know, about 45 minutes to an hour. But imagine that. Imagine waking up and your boss says to you, let's go for a run. And they, don't, and they tell you, they don't tell you how long you're running for, where you're running to. It'll absolutely drive you crazy in the first few minutes. And I think that's what's really driving people crazy in this climate the fear of the unknown, not necessarily the, the medical or the health unknown. We have some pretty good information around that now, but the economic and the financial unknown. And so what I want for you to take away is this time frame now to have it in the back of your mind. The second quarter of this year will be bad. We know that we're living through that. There's more to come. We're not out of it yet, but the third quarter and the fourth quarter are likely to be very, very strong. Now, my advice to you, if you can, try as much as possible to have the resources to survive at least the next couple of months financially and from an investment perspective and start preparing and planning for the end of the year because that's when things come back. One of the worst things that I saw in 2008 and 2009 is people who gave up right at the bottom. Now, granted, I know that not everybody will have those resources, but at least you've got your persistence. At least you've got your mindset. You know, if everything's going against you from a health perspective, from a financial perspective, do not let it get to you from a mindset perspective. Invest in your thoughts, invest in your ideas, read a variation of things. Don't just read the bad stuff. Don't just read the good stuff because that will make you naive too. Read a balance. Find authors who are talking sense. I recently came across an article in the LA Times and the author of the article was chatting to a Nobel laureate 
And this Nobel laureate, for those that don't know, the Nobel Peace Prize is a very famous prize. And this guy had won a Nobel Prize in medicine for simulating viruses. And he basically came out in January and said, oh, China's uh, coronavirus pandemic will peak at about 80,000 cases and I think three odd thousand deaths. And everyone said, you're crazy. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. This is a country of more than a billion people. And he was right. And he, and he came out again. The LA Times spoke to him a few days ago and he said, don't worry. You know, cases are likely to peak at this number, 80 odd thousand in Spain, Italy, and then the death rate, you know, starts to plateau out and everything else. Now, that's just paraphrasing it. I'm going to put the article in the show notes so you can read it for yourself. But this is a perspective that I'm seeking, that I'm reading, because all the bad stuff is thrown at me, all the panic is thrown at me by the mainstream media. And so I want to balance that out. You know, I'm, I'm hearing about the businesses that are laying off staff, what, what, what type of staff they're laying off, which departments, what kinds of jobs, who's hiring, supermarkets are hiring, the banks are hiring because they cannot keep up with inbound inquiry. You know, our banks 30 or 40 years ago used to have branches and buildings and we still have them today, but they're skeletal. You know, everything's being pushed to online and via phone. And now the banks are starting to realize, hey, we need to invest in online and we need to invest in our call centers in order to keep up with the demand when things like this happen. And so your mindset's very important. Balance everything out. Look for opportunity. Again, I believe August, September through to the end of the year, I believe we'll be in a much better position and finally i want to talk about the assets and the investments that i think will do well let's go to a quick break we'll be back and i'll run through them okay so before we wrap up today I want to talk about how I'm personally investing and how I think you should think of your investments. Now, there's no doubt that in periods of turmoil, cash is king. You know, cash is a good place to transit. It's not a destination. It's a transit point. Um, So that's a really, really good analogy. I think if you're unsure of, of what to do, Um, If you're unsure of the stock market, get out of the stock market. If you're unsure about your business, you know, take money out of it. uh, Put money into cash because cash is a place where you have some options. uh, You have liquidity and that's very, very important. However, and here's the big however, cash is probably the worst place to be invested in over the medium to long term. And here's why. In order to get out of this mess, governments are basically spending billions and billions and tens and even hundreds and billions of dollars in order to rescue the economy. Now, Australia, as at the time of this recording, has announced $180 billion of government stimulus 
alone. Imagine that, $180 billion. Now, this money won't just come out of thin air. The Australian government is not selling its roads um, or selling land. It is actually borrowing this money and planning to repay it off in the future. Now, what happens is usually that's okay. But when governments all around the world start to borrow huge amounts of money, the value of money will eventually decline. The value of cash, you know, what your cash, what your 50, 100, 200 grand gets you today will be very different to what it will get you in five or 10 years. And so at some point, all this money needs to be repaid. At some point, governments will have to start printing more money. And as they do that, inflation will rise and the value of your cash will start to diminish. It's already happening. You go put $100 in the bank, what, what do you get in return? What interest rate do they give you? Basically zero. I won't get into negative rates today, but I just want you to keep that in mind that cash is a transit. Think about assets that will sit there, generate income for you and grow into the future. Me personally, I love residential real estate. Will residential real estate go through swings and roundabouts at times? Absolutely. It has to. Nothing in nature moves in a straight line. However, I know that residential real estate has been a tried, trusted, and proven asset class, proven place to invest for not just 10, 20, 30, hundreds of years, but thousands of years. And so I can go to sleep at night knowing that I've invested in an asset that will always have a tenant that wants to live in there and will always increase in value over the medium to long term because the value of cash is diminishing. The value of 50 pounds 100 years ago is not like 50 pounds today. And so $100,000 today is going to look very different in five or 10 years time. So guys, keep that in the back of your mind. Start thinking about your medium to long-term investment plans. If you're into the stock market, that's great. Um, make sure you're investing in diversification and you're not going to be knocked out like the stock market has been in recent weeks and months. Invest in a diversified basket. Think about it very, very carefully. And if you don't have any residential real estate, start working towards that goal. If you do, start thinking about how that will change and grow into the future. Reach out to our team if we can help you out. Or um, if you don't want to work with us, that's okay. Feel free to jump on YouTube and educate yourself and expand the sources of information out there. So this has been a great opportunity to, again, share some ideas. I plan to do this more often. I want to hear from you guys. Make sure you get in touch. Give me your thoughts and ideas. And I'm going to keep you in my prayers because I know that the next few weeks and months are going to be very challenging. And so I'm going to pray for you. And I want you to also keep me in your thoughts and to pray for me and my family. Thanks a lot. God bless. And I'll speak to you soon.